first time ever. Hear you loud and clearly. Um, and it was going place. That stuff's great. But the game is not a roguelike. Boomer shooter. <laughs> Bang. Hello, this is John St. John, and you're listening to KWEP In The Keep, bringing you all the hits from the finest in the world of gaming and entertainment. Now sit back and relax as the drowned god Cathala lulls your mind with the tastiest talk in town. Welcome to another chapter of In The Keep podcast. I'm your very own prophet of the drowned god, the Motherlode. The Keep is a collective of gaming enthusiasts compelled by the drowned god Cathala to frag and jib one another into oblivion for all eternity. Whoa! We're recording! Congratulations. Nash. Hello, hello. This has been one of those uh, that I've been meaning to do for like forever, but... Mm-hmm. Like I haven't, so it's finally <laughs> happening. Um, I'm, uh, thanks for having me. Um, it's a beautiful uh, Monday morning here, probably Sunday night for you. Uh, it's all good. Uh, yeah, l- l- let's let's do this. <laughs> so for the, for the folks who don't know who you are, can you just like briefly say like what you do and and that kind of stuff because you do a lot of cool things. <laughs> Well, okay. Um, my name is Nash, Nash Mohandas, in case you, you guys are wondering how that's pronounced. Uh, I'm a, a 35, I think. I don't remember what my age is. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, what do I do? Um, I've been around the uh, Doom community for a while, you know, um, started out making mods and stuff, and currently I am a part of the GZ Doom development team and uh, making some cool games with it. So, um, first of all, like you are come from a completely different part of the world than, uh, I think any other guest that's ever been on here, uh, including myself. So what, what is like your perspective? How did you grow up? So, yeah, all right. So, um, I am, I live in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Um, growing up here is, um, you know, it's, it's a Southeast Asian country. Um, we have a very different view of, you know, the world, um, Mostly, you know, we see stuff on TV and radio and that influences, I guess, a lot of, you know, how we see stuff. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, um, as far as video video games go, um, we've got plenty of video games here. Um, we are pretty much um, uh, up to date with, you know, like technology, you know, video games, movies, whatever. Uh, and yeah, that was how I was introduced to Doom back in the uh, early 90s. So you, you got into Doom... What uh, what was the transition from being a player to wanting to tinker with engines and such? How did that come about? Um, all right, so uh, I, I was playing. Um, I played a lot of video games, you know, back in the nineties. It wasn't just Doom. And I was playing, you know, like you know, consoles, you know, Game Boy, Super Nintendo, stuff like that. Um, and then somewhere along the way, um, excuse me, in the um, mid nineties, um, I, I actually discovered a an app on Windows called Click and Play, I think it's called. Um, it's, it's one of those game creation thingies yeah. where you can just sort of like, um, you know, like a, it's, it's, it's a really janky, you know, game creation tool. And uh, that was my actually my first experience with, uh, you know, game creation. And uh, I had, you know, 
was you know, as a kid, you know, it was I get so stoked, like, you know, like making my own games and stuff. And then uh, eventually, you know, I found out that, oh, uh, Doom Source Code was released. Uh, I think it was in uh, 97 or so. And I downloaded that and I had no idea what to do because, you know, I have not actually done like real programming. <laughs> so I was like, what, what, what are all these text files? What do I do with this? <laughs> so um, and then, you know, um, I kind of just left the whole game creation thing like a. Uh, for a while because I was focused and I was still in school and I was actually, um, growing up, um, I grew up to be more of like a musician, actually, you know, I had bands and stuff, you know, in school, you know, wrote my own music. Same. And actually after school, um, I, uh, opened a recording studio. I was like, uh, I think, uh, 18 at this time, you know, I, I started a recording studio business locally. And um, it was also around the time where I think uh, Z Doom came out, uh, and you know, so I, I I haven't I haven't been playing Doom for a long time at that point. And then you know, when I discovered Z Doom, I was like, oh, uh, this is cool. Like I could, I just dis- discovered that I could modify, you know, like I could create like wads and you know maps and stuff. And it's, it was from there where I kind of just started tinkering, you know, um, made you know a lot of silly mods. Uh, but one of the um, most famous of my mods uh, that came out around the time I started, uh, you know, tinkering modding was a uh, Nash's Gore mod, which actually <laughs> um, became the basis for Brutal Doom. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, so the Brutal Doom connection is actually how I know you because I had invited Mark to mm-hmm. Realms Deep. Uh, obviously, like no brainer there, right? <laughs> Um, and then like yeah, shortly no thereafter, he's like, Hey man, do you mind if I like invite my friend? I'm like, I mean, who is your friend? What do they do? And then he sh- he's like, Oh, this guy. And then that's how you and I got connected the first time. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, like being part of brutal doom, holy shit. That's a thing. That's like, uh, there's a lot that comes it with is. that. It's not, it's not just what a cool thing you made, but also like all of the other things that are attached to that. How do you feel? Are you, yeah, are so- you okay? Yeah, so basically, uh, I mean, uh, you know, you know, being young at first, of course, you know, uh, there was a bit of like, I guess, um, I wouldn't exactly say jealousy, but, um, you know, like, because I, I, I discovered at first that he didn't actually credit me <laughs> <laughs> for the stuff. <laughs> so, um, and then, but, you know, I was like, oh, and then, you know, like people were like, oh, you know, Mark didn't credit this guy and didn't credit that guy and I kind of just, I mean, I didn't really pay much attention to like, you know, like the social aspects of it. But yeah, I mean, at first I was like, oh man, you know, like, why didn't he credit me? But the thing is, I did not actually like, um, like confront him about it. I was just like, ah, you know, whatever. And it's, it's a free mod, you know, who cares? And then, you know, of course, Brutal Doom got really big. And then, <laughs> but as, as time went on, I, I, what I felt more was like, holy shit, like, um, my stuff, I mean, you know, the code, sprites, whatever, is, like, being used in, like, a shitload of, you know, all these other mods. You know, like, Brutal Doom, you know, Brutal Doom got a, uh, you know, it, it became up, it uh, gave birth to, like, forks and stuff. And then there's all these other other people using my stuff as well. And it's 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 mind-blowing to know that uh, I've pretty much left uh, my footprints all over the uh, Doom modding world, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, dude. It's crazy. Well, this we'll, mm-hmm. we'll credit you here. This is uh, <laughs> it's in the keep official now. Just <laughs> to set the record straight, Nash Perfect. did uh, did do that stuff. Yeah, but it's preserved now for the world to listen to. <laughs> uh, 
so of all the things you could have done in terms of game dev, uh, you, you seem to have gone down the programming route first. Is there a reason why that appealed to you or was it a necessity? It was a necessity because um, okay. it is very difficult to get help, you know, for especially, you know, like back in the day, you know, like um, I only had access to like a, you know, the Doom forum and you don't really get like, um, like, you know, real time uh, help feedback. It's not like these days we have Discord and stuff, right? So I was forced to like, you know, look up, uh, you know, like uh, programming books and stuff and I admit it was fun, you know, like, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, like, you type stuff in this text editor, whatever, right? And then suddenly stuff happens on the screen. It's 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 crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a lot of fun, you know, like, coding stuff. And then eventually, you know, I, because, cause, um, all right, so initially, um, even before I did music, I was doing art as well. You know, I, I could draw, you know, stuff very badly, but uh, I could do a bit of art, so... You know, when I was making Nash's Gormod, I'm like, oh, okay, so now I need to make sprites. You know, um, I did rip some of the sprites from, like, you know, Blood and Duke Nukem 3D and stuff like that. But uh, there were also some original sprites thrown in there. And um, so I slowly, like, kind of, like, became this do-everything sort of guy, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, so I started with programming and then started doing art. And, you know, eventually I just did everything. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I I took one javascript class and then i took another python class and i didn't learn anything and i well here's what i learned i learned that i'm never ever going to be a programmer like that will never be how i break (laughs) put bread on the table like that for sure i just don't have that sort of a mind and 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 it also comes from like i understand conceptually how things work and i think that having those overviews Mm -hmm. were uh, were useful especially from a production standpoint just like having a some appreciation for the pain that your partners are going through as they dredge through the trenches of programming for games period. And that goes for all uh, aspects of game dev, like to, to have your, a little bit of a taste of everything, even if it's just rudimentary is way better than being somebody who asks other people to do things that you completely don't understand. Um, but I still feel that way about programming. <laughs> so I, I didn't accomplish much other than learning that it's not for me. Yeah, um, it's it, it definitely requires a very specific, you know, way of thinking. I guess, uh, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's not for everyone, unfortunately. But uh, just having an overview, I think, you know, like like you said, you know, from a like a producer standpoint, um, it is good enough to just sort of like you know like understand like this is not possible or that is possible and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's good to have like a a, a passing, you know, like a, a small understanding of it yeah right i mean can you imagine being a music producer for like a rock band and you don't know how to play the guitar or like you've never even touched a guitar yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah it's pretty crazy but i i absolutely have the utmost appreciation for it but <sighs> it is weird because i know a lot of people in doom get into programming specifically because of it's like it's a necessity but doom seems to make it uh, fairly rudimentary and simple for for someone to catch on. It's it's a good entry place. It's same with uh, like Quake C, similar thing where it's like mm-hmm, a, you yeah. don't really have to have a lot of experience, but you can plug it in and have some fun with it. And that is why I feel like these uh you know retro and I mean Doom Engine, Quake Engine, why it still remains popular to these days because you know 
the entry level to it is just so, I mean, it's so easy to just get started right away. You know, uh, mm. it's, 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 it's great. You know, I also think there's not a, like, like a huge barrier of entry technology wise. Like you don't have to have the world's nicest computer to work on a doom mod. Like that's definitely got exactly. something to do with it. Not that you necessarily have to have the world's nicest computer for unity or Unreal or any other engine, but it, in some cases it's like you can be too far in the past. Um, so that really helps too. Mm -hmm. I, I remember, um, around 2020, um, there was this local, uh, it's actually, it's, it's part of the uh, global game jam. And, uh, so we had like a local, uh, meeting site for it. And, uh, I brought over, you know, a, a copy of, uh, it's a, basically a, a pen drive with like, you know, GZ doom in it. And we, we nailed a game, a full game in like three days. And, uh, it, as, as a testament testament to like just how easy it is to start creating stuff with you know doom engines and stuff uh, yeah so that is definitely one of the uh one of the reasons why you know like because I, I started um getting involved with the, the doom engine uh, z doom whatever in 2001 and it's like 2021 now so it's like uh 20 years i think yeah so that's why i'm still here 20 years later it's it's it's, it's so just so much fun <laughs> so i i have a few people who kind of wrote in questions for you. Uh, some of our Patreon supporters are just sure. people around the community. And since you're already talking about it, um, Immorpher was interested in whether or not GZ Doom could support Quake BSP format. And, and that he elaborated on the question. So it would get Zscript materials and other features into Quake, basically replacing the old Dark Places engine, or perhaps a build engine format would do the same job. And he wants to know your opinion. Um, that is most likely not going to happen with the current development team because um we are very spread very thin as is <laughs> currently so um gz doom for the uh, foreseeable future will continue to just support you know doom engine uh, map formats you know udmf and stuff like that uh, we do kind of like bolt on you know like like modern features like you know lighting and stuff like that but uh it will largely remain just the doom map format unless you know someone comes in and you know adds some new map format or whatever but uh currently there, there, there doesn't seem to be anyone who seems interested to do it but yeah it would be cool to one day support a quake bsp um i think i read on forum somewhere like someone wrote like a converter app like uh converting bsp quake bsp into into the doom format but i i don't think that actually got anywhere uh, but yeah, you know, it would be cool to see it someday, but uh, currently I don't think there are any plans for that, unfortunately. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's interesting. It's something I think about a lot in the, the mod community or the, you know, just uh, people who are working on open source stuff for fun and, or whatever, no matter how invested in it they may be in their life. Uh, oftentimes, and especially with GZ Doom, the answer to our questions is uh, nobody feels like doing it. And that's... Uh, something we just have to accept to some degree, but all, I'm always interested in the different dynamics between teams like this and teams that are, in my case, like if you're working on a commercial product with a team who are all being paid to do jobs and all that kind of thing, the dynamic is very different. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, like what's mm -hmm. been your experience with 20 years of doing that? So with the GG Doom development team, there's, um, there's sort of like a, there's a lot of like unwritten rules, like a, you kind of like, okay, so normally this is how one starts out on the path of becoming a 
quote unquote GG Doom developer, right? So you start submitting like patches and stuff to the engine, like, oh, okay, so here's a bug fix, or you know, here's a new feature, and um, you kind of keep doing this a few times, and um, eventually, you know, these collective, uh, this group of people will collectively decide, oh, oh, hey, this guy is good. Now, why don't we invite him into the team? And because from my experience, what I've seen is uh, the, the various people who sort of like, like you know hopped in and out of the dev team, like. There was no like um, initiation, right? You know, like or whatever. Like you kind of just you kind of just do stuff, and you know, like we kind of just know how to how to work together, and just you know, like yeah. So it's kind of like just do, and then you know we'll just keep discuss- discussing stuff, and and that's how it goes. You know, basically you, you just do, you know, and and and, and yeah, and un- unfortunately uh, that also. Um, the problem is that you know since we, you know nobody's paid and stuff, uh, everyone's like kind of like on their own schedule, and you know, oh, I feel like I feel like doing it, I'll do it, and then if I don't, I just don't do it, and yeah, it, it's it's a uh, <laughs> it's it's a bit strange, <laughs> but uh, after a while, you know, you kind of sort of get you get it, you know, like the 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 whole I guess responsibility thing, you know, like yeah, it's 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 it just comes with time and practice, you know, you just you just do the stuff, and eventually you just sort of you know get it. Yeah. yeah, so that that's kind of the dynamics, and and um, also um, for for those for those who don't know, um, basically GG Doom is just um, it's led by one person, uh, Graf Zal. So ultimately, you know, of course, he has the final say, but uh, and you know, but normally he's cool if if you like uh, sort of like a let's say you submit a feature or a patch. Like recently, um. I, I submitted like a few big features, like you know, like uh, uh, baked light maps and stuff like that. So, if you submit it in a way that you know you explain to him, like, okay, this is good for the engine, and then you know he he will actually you know sort of like uh, listen to you, and it it can actually be a very calm and um, you know productive discussion. So as long as you know you you do the work for him, basically. <laughs> that is yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic all the way around, but. There's there's a certain degree yeah. of people demanding things of you guys, you know, or, or politely asking in some cases, and then <laughs> not getting what they want, and then acting like you owe it to them, right? And sometimes it bothers me the language that people use about it, and not not just the GZ Doom team, or but for instance, I'm one of the biggest whiners and complainers about. Uh, remember in Zandronum how. They had the cheating problem, and so the solution to that problem was to get rid of the user interface for people who are watching. So as a person casting oh, yeah. a tournament, right, it, gets, it makes it very difficult to commentate about the strategy of what's going on when you don't even know what the health bar is, what the armor is, what the weapons are. Like It's so eh, – it's, it's just not ideal. And – yeah. On one hand, I can bitch and moan and complain all day long. But on the other hand, it's like, what am I going to, you know, if, if somebody's doing something for free, I'm going to like walk up in the yard and demand that they do it when they don't feel like it. Like that's dumb. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. And like for me, um, so far my experience is uh, the stuff that I add into the engine is stuff that, uh, you know, like I feel like it's a popular feature, you know, so so normally, I, I have I have not had like um, any extreme cases of people like demanding stuff and being 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 a bitch about it so far yet. But uh, I, I can see how you know like you know I guess you know 
some other people, you know, the way they demand stuff and Jeezy Doom and if they don't get it, they sort of throw a tantrum and stuff. And yeah, it's, it, it can be a bit uncomfortable sometimes, but, uh, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's, it's all fun and good. As long as you, as long as, you know, just step away from the computer, you know, you don't take stuff personally. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's manageable, I think. So I will say that it- since this new wave of people using GZ Doom to make commercial games has kind of come about, do you, does the responsibility shift? Does the team take a different way of looking at you know the the potential of what they're doing, or the uh, I should say the does? I'm just going to ask the question right out because it applies to me. Does the fact that Stellar Valkyrie yeah. or you know Age of Hell or something like that is in this engine change your guys' perspective about what you're doing at all? For the most part, no. But um, okay, I'm not sure. I'm I'm unsure if I uh I should actually uh, I'm I'm allowed to divulge this information. I I guess it's okay. Um, so there was some internal discussion, right, about how like uh oh you know um the realization that um. For lack of a better word, other people are making money off, you know, the using the engine, right? So mm-hmm. the internal discussion was that, um, like, uh, should we, like, okay, so that, let's say someone uh, submits like a feature request, right? And then if we are made aware that, uh, oh, okay, the reason uh, this person is actually making a, a commercial game, so and then the the internal uh, discussion was, should we, like, you know, sub. Should we like you know um like add the feature because you know like we're not making any money off it and then this person is you know <laughs> profit sharing off it and um there have been internal discussions but uh, ultimately you know like everyone was just like eh you know like whatever and, uh, like um I think the consensus was that um you know let people ask for what they want um if they want it badly I'm sure they will uh, you know like PM one of us and you know offer like a like a commission or whatever um. So yeah, so basically we don't really like um make any big issue out of it. It's just that um yeah. We kind of like um just uh okay, if it's if it's if we know that uh it's for a commercial project, we kind of like just take our time with it unless it's like super easy to add and then we just go add it whatever, you know. But otherwise we don't really treat any um feature requests with like any urgency or anything, you know. As far as you know, changing things, no, it doesn't really change anything. Yet. In fact, um, uh, Graph himself was pretty stoked to, to, to hear about uh, all these commercial projects, and I think uh, some some of us um won't, won't say names, but uh, some of some of uh GZ Doom game devs have actually approached or have even like uh commissioned Graph to like add you know certain like bespoke you know engine features for their game. Yeah, I, I'm I'm aware of that. You know, like there there ha- there has been you know like dealings going on behind the scenes, so to speak. <laughs> I don't I don't currently know of, of the I, I don't know them all, but I mean, a pretty substantial amount of the people who are making games in the GZ dimension that are going to be sold for profit. I can't think of a single one of them that wouldn't be more than happy to pay for a feature you know like or to donate to a community patreon or whatever that just keeps you guys motivated or or to buy you know a front a front ticket a front row ticket in the line to get something done if it if it's like a time pressing matter and i'm not saying that you should or 
shouldn't do that. That's totally up to you guys. But like I'm saying, if we're using Unity, you know, we're going to have to pay for it at some point. If we're using Unreal, we're definitely going to have to pay for it at some point. So like, I don't mm-hmm. feel like we should be exploiting the fact that you guys are so goddamn generous. Um, if it's your wish, we're happy to do shit for free, <laughs> but and th- and I guess there's a legal question like with it too, right? Or with Bethesda slash Microsoft now? Yeah, yeah, that is actually a um, a legitimate like a concern, like the legalities of it. But uh, and you know, to be honest, I I don't really know. Like, I don't have a clear answer in that. Um, because you know things are so small scale, you know, currently like money wise that but uh, I don't think you know this would really like you know bring up any flags or anything um so far there hasn't been like a really you know huge like incident so i can't really say you know like like what what is the future of that like um are we even allowed to do that or not uh i'm not a lawyer so (laughs) i I don't know unfortunately yeah Yeah. well i said the same thing to mifu you know from tspg when he was on but like the fact that you guys do what you do out of the generosity of your hearts and don't ask anything for, for it even though actually tspg does have a patreon that i think gets you some yeah. some perks but at the, at the end of the day like people who are just doing stuff because out of their kindness of their hearts they want to and then other people are able to dramatically improve the quality of their lives as a result which sounds kind of extreme when you're talking about you know an old video game engine but in reality it's like yeah stellar valkyrie is changing people's lives even if it's not like a million dollar game and it won't be i'm sure but um the fact that I have this opportunity to work on such a cool project with people that I really care about. And then there's some semblance of hope that we can, you know, make it worth our time is huge. And I know that applies to several other teams. Like imagine, imagine where Bridgeburner or someone like him would be with everything that he does. If GZ doom wasn't wildly available the way that it is now and the, all the community support and all the amazing people around it. Um, it's really awesome, man. Like, it's yeah, really, exactly. really cool that you guys do that. It's awesome. Um, I, I think, you know, people don't give enough, uh, I guess, credit or acknowledgement to just how 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 enriching, you know, like stuff like, you know, GZ Doom, you know, even even on the other engines, you know, like how much these things mean to, uh, to people's lives. Um, and even like speaking for myself, basically, I, 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 pr- I am pretty sure I dedicate my like, 70% of my life to, you know, <laughs> do mentions <laughs> these days. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. I mean, think, think about it this way. Cause it, even if it were just the, you know, the few hundreds of people who are, you know, in the discord servers that we share, not to mention all of the other people who use the engine or play or just, just play their doom mods and have a good time. Like, uh, like Icarus, yeah. you know, somebody like him. Who's yeah. out there? As far as I know, making a killing on YouTube, basically just talking about stuff mm-hmm. that people make for this engine that you guys work on. I mean, you've really—if you were a church, right? If if, if GZ Doom were a church and you were like a deacon at that church or something, and this was your <laughs> your following, I mean, you'd be a pretty goddamn. Oh man, I probably shouldn't say these in the same sentence. Period. Uh, successful. <laughs> religious group or something and it's pretty amazing like people would be very proud if if they had a a hall you know of people who came and visited and were part of their community the size of what you guys have built uh just saying Mm -hmm. it's definitely definitely 
<laughs> but one thing, uh, you know, just thinking about stuff, like, uh, I feel like, um, I kind of feel selfish sometimes because like the, the majority of like speaking for myself, um, the majority of the work that I put in, into GZ doom is mostly motivated by, you know, needs of my own games, you know, but recently, <laughs> um, I am, I, yeah, yeah, I recently implemented, um, you know, like a uh, quake style, you know, baked lighting, you know, people have been asking for that stuff like a long time. Um, and you know, like, so I was making like, like this, a uh, quake clone, you know, and then I'm like, oh, I want to add, you know, light maps and stuff. And so I added and then it's there. And then there's all these other features that, you know, but at, at the same time, I feel like, you know, I, I know that there are other, you know, people, developers out there who would enjoy this stuff. So that sort of motivates me as well. But I would be lying if, you know, like I said, no, it's, if I don't, I, I feel like a bit selfish sometimes because I'm just doing stuff that you know, interests me. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know what really people think about that sometimes, to be honest, because I'm like, uh, I, I feel a bit, a little bit insecure that, oh, you know, like, I, I, I know this is probably not the case, but I, I have this, this insecurity that, I you know, at the back of someone's mind, you know, people will think, oh, you know, is Nash like treating the you know gg doom like it's a personal you know toy or something you know but uh yeah it's 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 you know that's my uh thought process you know sometimes when i do stuff but uh you know it doesn't really bother me but i do think about it sometimes and the fact that anyone you know feels feels like you shouldn't do that is kind of ridiculous in my in my opinion like I mean, you're, you're doing it again for free. <laughs> so like if, if it's just something that you want to do, like and <laughs> pop in and make your own quake style lighting or whatever the fuck, like who, who's to say you shouldn't do that. If it, if it benefits you and it benefits other people, like where, where is the room to complain? I I, I don't see where, where that is. Um, it, It's, it's so funny how mm-hmm. that people quickly seem to, Almost, almost like an entitlement, <laughs> like like uh, the, the, you owe them something. <laughs> like I said that earlier, and you, like, they don't, you don't owe them shit except for like, hey, thanks for using our shit. Um, if you don't like it, go use <laughs> something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, what do you think was like the first um, GZ Doom project that like opened up a door for you? Like you were like, wow, I can't believe that that's possible. Um, brutal doom ex- exempt because you worked on it. <laughs> Qu- quote unquote worked on it. <laughs> well, you, you um, did some well, shit. Okay, that so what is, uh, <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So, um, what are the, uh, can it be like, like, you know, like, uh, you mean other, other people's mods that I played or like maps or whatever? Is, is that what? I mean, like historically, when was it like a surprise to you? How, like how much someone had done? Like how amazing! Oh, uh, it was actually all this stuff. Actually, it was um one of uh I think it was uh, Scuba Steve's uh, Action Doom, I think. Yeah, that was the, yeah uh, Action Doom. Definitely, that was the one. Uh, I played that and I was like, "Holy shit! Um, I can't believe this is you know the Doom engine." And um, it just blew my mind. Like um, because you know my experience with playing like Doom mods and stuff has been limited to like, oh, you know, here's a bunch of new levels and, you know, like, oh, maybe here's like a reskin weapon or whatever. Um, but when I played Action Doom, it practically felt like a different game totally. And yeah. and that also made me realize that, holy shit, you know, people could actually use this to like make original, like non-Doom style games. And then 
also, um, back in the day, there was this other uh, mod. Uh, oh, God, I can't remember the name. Uh, I think it was Forevermore, uh, Foreverhood. I think, I don't know. It, it, it was just like a walking simulator kind of thing with like, you know, totally original graphics. And uh, I don't think it was ever finished. But um, that was the other one when I played this. I was like, I kind of like went to myself like, holy shit, someone is totally going to start making like, you know, like commercial games with this engine one day. And yeah. It, it did happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Total Chaos was like just absolutely melted my brain when I saw. Oh, Total that, Chaos is so awesome. Especially for like how, how after how long it took for it to get out there, I was lucky enough to like not even know that it existed until it was pretty much in a complete state. <laughs> but mm-hmm. wow, I mean, oh my god, Sam Preble and he's working on Turbo Turbo Overkill now, but like. I, so we're feeling, I was, yep. my mind was just absolutely just decimated i couldn't believe it when i played that game for the first time or even just seeing it just seeing what he was able to do with that engine was ugh, so sexy if you're just looking at the like, like screenshots um of total chaos you wouldn't even know it's like a doom engine or whatever like you just like uh it just looks like like some kind of you know like a horror game you know you don't even associate doom engine with it until you start reading like the, the text file or whatever and you know you did find out oh it's actually running on a uh, doom engine and it blew my mind as well <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> waterholic is crazy yeah man he's he's fucking such a nice guy too i need to get him back on the show now that uh because he's publishing turbo overkill with apogee now which is really interesting oh um very yeah. nice. We were going to show it off at Realms Deep last summer, but I think that they wanted to wait and announce it at like PAX shortly thereafter, so we didn't get mm-hmm. to. But man, he yeah, what a nice guy, and so talented. Like he he's also done a lot of like film and animation stuff that he doesn't really talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, of many, he's he's got a utility belt on him like Batman. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think it's more common these days, like uh, for you know indie devs to kind of like uh, like do a bit of everything, because you know like there's just so much talented people, you know, and it's crazy. Like sometimes you know, I do admit it's it feels like a bit um, it feels a bit uh, daunting to like sort of like uh, keep pushing, you know, like yourself to like do all these things, but uh. It's, it's it's inspiring, you know, and you know, I'd rather I'd rather be doing this stuff than you know just like sleep or whatever, you know. <laughs> it's cool. Um. So, what was the first actual commercial Doom or GZ Doom Engine game? Was it Hedon or was there something before that? There was actually this um uh a uh, game that I don't think many have heard of. It's called a uh, Forest tail i think forest and it's actually not a a first person shooter (laughs) what is it it is actually like a um it's 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 like um sort of like a side scrolling like um like a jazz jack rabbit e kind of no no not jazz uh it's more like um i would say mario plus sonic it's (laughs) it's actually a a a platformer (laughs) made in a doom engine and that was actually the first as far as i'm aware that is the first um actually like a GZ Doom game that got on Steam, uh, because you know back then, before GZ Doom was uh, was uh, able to be uh, commercially exploitable, uh, because uh, you know 
Orig- originally, the uh, the engine was released under some um, a bunch of licenses that you know forbade you know like you couldn't sell games with it. And then so what I did was I, I made a fork of the GZ Doom engine called uh, GZ Doom GPL. So I basically just removed all the uh, you know like copyright inf- infringing stuff. And I was made aware of this Forest Tale game because it, the the dev you know like uh, got in touch with me you know like asking you know te- technical questions and stuff. So. I checked it out and I was like, "Holy shit! Uh, this is this is crazy." Um, it's 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 a platformer, you know. You wouldn't even think it's made on the Doom Engine. So that was actually the first game that got on Steam, and then I think Hedon followed suit after that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I didn't know about that one. Mm-hmm. That's uh, it's good that you brought it up. Maybe some people will go grab it and try it out. But Forest Forest Tale, I'll keep that in mind. But Hedon was it. it literally just opened my mind. Like I, I re- I saw money. I was like Vince McMahon, you know, like as soon as I saw that happen, I was like, Oh, money, money, money. Like I became Mr. Krabs for, <laughs> for just a second. And then I was like, okay, we have, to, we have to come up with a way to like do this. And now I mean, what's the one hyper strange is publishing. Um, uh, Oh God. I, Oh, good lord! I can't remember the name. Um, oh, we're, we're both gonna sound like a couple of jackasses if I don't look it up at least. So I'll do that now. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, please look it up and edit the Do-do. awkward silence. <laughs> oh no, we'll, just, we'll leave it in. It'll be like, uh, let's see, hyper strange. Do 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 do. It is supplice. I don't know why that didn't immediately come to mind. It's probably not the first time that I've brought Supplyced. it up. Forget. Yeah. So like that. <laughs> Like objectively speaking, I think that is the um, commercial Doom mod right now with the most financial support behind it that I'm aware of. Uh, like, mm-hmm. that's going to be pretty cool what, to see how people react in uh, in that context because it'll come out. I think after Postal Brain Damage has come out, they already have Jupiter Hell in circulation. Uh, I think people really liked uh, mm-hmm. Crossbow Blood Knight. And, uh, they just they have a lot of different types of games though. It's not all first person shooters, so that may capture an audience um that they are able to reach through their network that has been otherwise untapped up to now so i'm really interested in following along with that supplies has been in development for so long i remember when it was just a bunch of uh you know maps like it was just a doom map pack uh uh mechadon you know the the uh, mapper like mm. it's been going on for like for ages and I'm just so stoked to see it like turn into this, this full game, you know, and being uh, published by Hyper Strange and stuff. Now it's, it's it's crazy, dude. It's super crazy. I was very. I'm not gonna even say it's like a bad thing. I was just very surprised by the design choice, um, not to have jumping in it. Which, okay, cool. Like it comes from Doom, and that's the way you play Doom, and I get that. But I like, what a ballsy move in this day and age, really. It's very ballsy, yeah. But you know, I guess like uh, due to I don't know, I, I'm just probably just speculating. What whatever, I haven't really talked to Mech about this, but uh, I think like due to the uh, legacy nature of the maps and stuff, you know, probably well, because the maps were originally designed for you know Doom ports, you know, with no jumping. So it'll probably be, like a lot of work to like rework the maps to add jumping elements. So I guess they kind of just ro- roll with it. Uh, you know, but I don't know. You know, I'm probably just talking out of my ass here. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's also possible that they never really envisioned it as being a 
commercial product and then like the opportunity came and it's like, well, we've made this design choice a long time ago. And it's, I'll have to ask them uh, to get somebody from over there on and really yeah, yeah. talk about that one. I need to talk to Wojtek again. It's been a little while since uh, he's been on the show and he's such an amazing guy. Like just the, the passion mm-hmm. that he actually carries for hyper strange is wild. And I, I feel the same way about in the keep, but when you really know someone like well enough to be like, Oh, he's like, this is his life. This is not just a business to him. Like he loves games and you can't say that about every mm-hmm. person uh, in charge of a major gaming studio or upcoming major upcoming gaming studio. That's true. Especially in just in this current day and age. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of wild when you've, because I think we grew up with that, especially you know if you came up during the '90s and uh, all the cool rock star game devs were people were basically entrepreneurs. They were like starting their own businesses, and like it, that was the culture. You knew who was at the top of id software. Um, nowadays, it's like mm-hmm. even if you know the people who are making decisions at the studio level, um, there's a publishing company atop a, a that that you know we don't know what's all going on, what their decisions are, and then and then id's case now it's like not only bethesda but also microsoft on top of that like you have to wonder what the influence is so it's a bit different it's a bit of a different dynamic for the consumer i think Mm -hmm. yeah and i feel like this is also why um you know like uh like consumers like prefer to support like uh indie developers because like i guess there's there's a a certain kind of transparency there you know like it's you at least know you know the the other person is somewhat reachable. Whereas if it's like you know these big companies, like you're pretty much talking to a wall as far as feedback goes. I guess. <laughs> yeah, like think about how much feedback and like requests and stuff that comes in on GZ Doom stuff that you deal with, and then think about what that feels like to I don't know Rockstar, you know, like <laughs> something mm-hmm. insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. How could you possibly deal with that many ravenous people? <laughs> Even if you hired like you know five hundred um, community managers or whatever, I, I I don't think it's it's just not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna translate. <laughs> it's a wave of chaos. It's like the the Beatles when like they had to quit touring because the the crowd was so loud that you couldn't hear their amps over the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember that story. Yeah, that is crazy. So I think you briefly brought this up, but you guys did that, uh, like make a quake clone thing. Can you, can you elaborate a bit oh, yeah. more for the, for the, un, the, the uneducated? <laughs> so it was something that I, I have been discussing on discord actually for a few years now. Like, um, cause you know, I, I like to do stuff like, um, I like to, <laughs> I I don't know if this is like the correct term for it, but like uh, I like to like sort of like make shit posts mods, whereas like in like <laughs> short term, <laughs> you know, like stupid rubbish, you know, like just for fun, you know. And um, somewhere along the line, I was like, hey, what if what if I made uh, uh like a full you know like Quake style game in Doom, and like I limit myself to ten days, you know. And so I kept talking about it for a few years, and um. Eventually, I got around to doing it uh, last year in August. So, because, you know, around the time, you know, there was a lot of these videos on YouTube, like, you know, oh, I made a Diablo clone in Unreal in, like, you know, uh, two weeks, or, you know, 
I made uh, cyberpunk in, in five days or whatever, you know, <laughs> like all these videos, you know? So I was like, okay, I, I got to do this. I got to do this, this Quake clone in 10 days thing. So I did. Um, and, you know, this, this scope got, got cut, of course, because, you know, I, I totally underestimated the amount of work he needed. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have announced 10 days. It should have been like two weeks or whatever. But uh, so it was done, you know, I, I shipped it out and um, the feedback was very good. So, um, so actually around the time, um, this was actually shortly after Realms Deep last year, right? So I actually announced another game on, on RD last, uh, last year, um, which was a, a diff- uh, it was called Darkadia. It was like this, uh, horror style, you know, Silent Hill style game. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I got burned out by working on that. So, so that was where I like, okay, let's, let, let's make an, another game, right? So, so I made the Quake clone thing, um. And then it got very good feedback. It kind of got like a popular, I guess. So, and slowly I kind of started like shifting my focus towards that game now. So now I'm like I'm working more on uh, on the Quake clone thing than uh, Darkadia, which is crazy. Um, so 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 the way I set up my uh, GZ Doom projects, right, is like uh, all of these games share like a common like you know a, a code base like. Know, player movement, you know, weapon systems, whatever. So, so if I work in one game, the 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 progress could just carry over the to all these other games, like you know, which is just 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 a few clicks. So, so I have been working on Darkadia as well, but I think I'm spending more time on this uh this Quake clone, which is called Disdain, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I spend more time on Disdain, and uh, you know, I was showing off the you know the uh, light maps, you know. But light maps basically make uh, Doom Engine's uh, lighting look look like Quake, you know, with shadows and all that stuff. So I've been working on that more. And uh, if if there's going to be a a realms deep uh, this year, I don't know. Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm most likely going to want to show uh, disdain. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Actually, uh, if anyone's following on my Twitter, you might have noticed that uh, I've been I've been posting a lot of like you know disdain progress. So yeah, so Disdain is, is uh, currently my um, I'm I'm doing it full time, you know. So it's it'll still it'll still retain the original like Quake sort of like you know like fast movement and uh, you know weapons and stuff. But it, it's also gonna be more like a like you know build engine like blood, you know, and stuff. There there will be build engine game influences in it as well. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Man. I'm I'm looking at uh, hellforgestudios.com, which is a really wonderful site. I I think I know the guy who made it. Uh, uh Nabe is his name, I think. I I definitely yeah, it's Nabe is uh is in the Keeps web guy. He does in the keep.com as well. So when Bridgeburner was interested in oh. getting a site together pre Realms Deep last year, I was like, You gotta talk to Nabe, bro. Um he's the best. <laughs> the absolute best. But yeah, I, I sh- should have brought it up when we were talking about Total Chaos, but it's like kind of not the same kind of game, but like visually also extremely striking and like one of those that I think catches people like, oh shit, when you say this to Doom Engine, um, which is really yeah. nice. But yeah, it's it's interesting to hear that you're kind of not fuck- putting all your time on that. I, th- I think it's still officially like to be determined, you know, when it's going to come out. So no pressure, but I do want to play that at some point, man. Yeah. <laughs> so hurry! I, up. I, I was actually slated to show um, disdain um, uh, last year. I think uh, Bridgeburner was doing his uh, end year stream, but uh, 
I kind of like ran out of time to polish it, so I wasn't really able to show it. There was going to be a demo out at the time. So, you know, I told Bridge, like, you know, let me take my time on this. Uh, but I definitely think, like, the demo will be ready in, like, a, a few months. You know, famous last words. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Soon TM. And I'll leave it at that, mm-hmm. I guess. But, I mean, if you want to, like, can <laughs> we can we elaborate a little bit more on, like, uh, Darkadia and who all is working on it and, what like, what to expect? All right, so going back to Darkadia, um... Darkadia originally um, started out as a walking simulator because um, I because I wanted to make one of those you know like those those short style uh, horror adventures and like where there's no combat and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so it started out that way, and then you know I think around the time Resident Evil Eight came out, and you know I saw the combat in Resident Evil Eight, and I was like, okay, I, we we gotta add combat. So <laughs> of course it's obviously Silent Hill inspired. Um, I play a lot of Silent Hill, you know, uh, so I'm I'm like super into like you know like everything about the, the design of Silent Hill, you know, like the sound design, the art uh, direction, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darkadia is a solo project. <laughs> There's no one else working on it. It's just me doing everything. Uh, but uh, because like you know like my current attention is focused on disdain. I have decided to shorten the scope of Darkadia, and um, there might be a possibility a possibility that it might go back to being like a like a minimal combat thing. So, so and and then also uh, on the side, uh, this is um I guess classified, not so classified information. I guess <laughs> um, I I have been working on and off with a like a fellow uh, ex GZ Doom programmer, right? He's not in the team now, but he was before uh, to add like a you know, real time lighting and shadows, like sort of like Doom 3, you know, like you, when you hold a flashlight and you move around and you see these shadows moving around, right? So we've been looking at, you know, like trying to add that stuff. So, so Darkadia, um, I probably won't um, announce much about Darkadia until we get those, those, you know, those real time shadows in. So that's gonna take some time, but uh, rest assured, when it does, uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna make a lot of noise about it on my <laughs> social media. <laughs> Man, there you're, you're mentioning all these like wonderful like games. There was like a such a golden era of you know Resident Evil when it first came out. The first three of them were very alike, and then like Dino Crisis, and then. Uh, mm-hmm. especially the silent hill franchise like silent hill 2 still to this day is like one of the goats as far as i'm concerned um it's the best yeah and so like the the prospect of having someone create something very similar to that in this day and age is uh i think there's a lot of nostalgia points to be one i mean like if me i'm a huge i have a resident evil tattoo i have the umbrella corporation logo like that's how much i fucking care about it sick and I, and that's coming from someone like i have not played uh eight at all so i don't i don't know not that I'm against playing it, I just like uh, it's not been my number one priority. But the classics, the Resident Evil Four being like, in my opinion, the best are so close to my heart. But uh, Resident Evil Four is like technically nothing like what you're talking about. <laughs> no, um, um, Darkadia will, will definitely be more like you know ex- explore like you know exploration based, you know like solving puzzles, you know, and yeah. sound design and stuff like that. Um, and especially because, because you know, I, I, as I said, I, I, I'm also a musician, and um, I look up to 
I look up a lot to like you know Akira Yamaoka's um you know music in Silent Hill. So so yeah, that is it's 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 a uh, it's a fun project to work on because you know I get to do all these things that I like you know in a single thing. So yeah, it's fun all around. <laughs> uh, so. I'm assuming that the the scope of disdain having been increased dramatically is uh, like can you can you elaborate on like what more to expect because all we know or at least that I know is that it's Quake clone you know it started off as a Quake clone and then like that's the end of the story for me. <laughs> so what my um, tentative plan is that um right so uh, obviously the scope of disdain is increased right um. To save myself from, uh, you know, from dying, I guess. <laughs> my my plan is that uh, I would develop, like, enough of the, like, base assets and gameplay. Like, you know, monsters, weapons, whatever. And, like, basically, I, I provide, like, a toolkit, you know, textures, you know, whatever. And then, okay, I, I'll start hiring, like, mappers to help me build the levels. Because there's no way in hell am I going <laughs> to work on two of these games at the same time, you know. So... So that is my sort of my, my tentative plan. Like I would develop disdain up to a certain point where there's like a like a base, you know, SDK so-called, you know, and then I'll be I'll be, I'll be there'll be like a call for mappers and they help me, you know, uh, finish the game, and then from then on I, I sort of like I sort of like go to, go on like a an overseer kind of role in it, you know, where mm-hmm. I just oversee the map creation process, and then I would personally go back to Darkade and actually finish it because you know. A uh, level design wise, Darkadia, uh, I feel like it's much more basic because it's basic. I've I've determined that the the entire game is gonna be like just in, like inside a house, you know. So, you know, house style, you know, rooms, maps are much easier to build because I'm not much of a level designer to be honest. But uh, <laughs> I can I can manage like you know like rooms by myself. But uh, if it's gonna be like full on like Quake style levels and like in disdain, I'm I'm definitely gonna hire you know mappers when I have the base assets ready for it. So that is the plan. And that that's going to be on Steam and and other other places where people can buy it and such. Like, uh, yes. Can you put a timeline on that? Like, the, when can we usual? Uh, no timeline, unfortunately. Uh, Ooh, okay. But um, I I've been, <laughs> I've been talking to Bridge. Um, I've been keeping Bridge, you know, up to date with uh, whatever events that he planned to do this, this year. And Disdain is definitely going to be on. One of Hellforge's, you know, like events ASAP, you know, of working on the clock, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be really, really cool, man. Oh yeah, so, it's it's kind of crazy how we like so much got announced for Hellforge at Realms Deep, really. And it, like a lot of it was like kind of already there, but like there wasn't, you know, there weren't official trailers and all this, all this stuff. But yeah. uh, it, we're coming up on about a year since then and uh, i think it's it's going to be really exciting to see some of these like really hit the market i mean age of hell is uh the demo is available to folks and all that but the uh yeah when all of these when the payoff i guess comes it's going to be like a really wild time it's going to be very very interesting to see how it all plays out it is going to be fucking wild it's going to be an explosion of all these games in like age of hell salako yeah. Holy shit! Supplies, you know, like oh my Beyond god, sunset, I, I'm gonna dude. need a lot Beyond of time sunset. to play all these stuff. Beyond sunset, exactly. Oh. Holy shit, like, dude, <laughs> that's that, crazy. That game has got me by the balls. Like I, Doom, 
Okay, check. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. Uh, System Shock. Yes, I like that also. Um, <laughs> Ghost Runner. Yeah, I love <laughs> Ghost Runner. Like, okay, let's put them all in one. Oh, you know, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Oh, man. I, I'm so stoked. But uh, what else? What else? I, I forget like everything that's being worked on over there. Let's see. Um, uh, Relentless Frontier this, also. Like, yeah, yes, RF, Relentless Frontier. Um, Exercise the Messiah. Yeah, Exercise Um There was this one game, I forget the name. Uh, it's kind of like a, it looks like a Bioshock kind of thing with like flesh levels. Uh, I think it's called, De- oh, it's uh, Deluge. Is, is that how you pronounce it? Oh, Deluge. It? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so that one, that looks crazy as well. Um, yeah, so much stuff to play when, when, when all of this stuff is out people like you know icarus and whatever they're gonna have a, <laughs> a hard time to stream all of this stuff <laughs> i thought deluge was a an olympic sports simulator i've been wrong this whole time <laughs> sorry that was so random <laughs> sorry uh, and then uh, there's also like mm-hmm. it, the way that it's all divided up like there are the uh, oh Hellslinger. Hellslinger got announced recently too. Hellslinger, yeah. Yeah, but the so like, there are all these commercial thing, products, yeah. but like also the uh the mods and stuff that are kind of attached to I guess the Doom Forge is the is the word he's using. But yeah. Yeah. So good for yeah, you, man. Um, Getting in on the ground the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh it's 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 uh, you know, tr- truth be told, it's just so much fun, you know. Uh I, I think uh, I mean, you know, I, I see myself doing this for at least another ten years. I think uh, <laughs> retiring, retiring at forty-five, or um, I, I I don't know when I'll retire, but um, I think the juice will still be here. Like in ten years, like I would still be making like you know Doom engine-based games. You know, it's just so much fun. Uh, I do dabble with you know, Unity and Real and stuff like that, but it's just not the same. man. like you know. The simplicity of the Doom engine is just unmatched. It's unrivaled. It's crazy. <laughs> mm, I, as a as a producer, I much prefer working with Unity. Uh, not not that that's a slight against Doom. It's just like it, at the end of the day, it's like every discussion can't be about oh we can't do that until we write Nash and wait for him to need that also in one of his games. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> true true um well to be honest um this is actually one advice that i i myself even give people like you know like uh if you ever have a plan to like go really really big i'm talking we're talking about in like console you know deploying on consoles and stuff like that do not use gg doom stay the fuck away from gg doom because you will find yourself running into so many limitations and <laughs> you will end up being frustrated. <laughs> yeah. I, I was telling, uh, we had a, a stellar Valkyrie, like all call stand up meeting the other day, just to, you know, everybody's catching up, making sure mm. we're all on the same page. And one of the things that I brought up is like, uh, we, we have to do, like, this is early on. We're like, we we're just defining the scope and we're sticking to it. Like, you know, we're not waiting for new shit or no, we're not, you know, going to try to reinvent the wheel here. We're not making total chaos. We're, we're making the game that we're making. And Chris, who is yeah. the writer you know, w- along with like, basically he and I are the writing team. And then he's also the voice of Falco. And 
he and I basically like oh, maybe not every week, but like as much as we can when schedules line up, get together and have like our brainstorming and writing sessions. And nearly every time I was telling Uber of like about 30% of the conversation is he has this amazing idea. And then I have to explain to him why it's not possible. It's like, it's not going to happen. Just let me <laughs> <you> know. Like, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's adorable. I love Chris so much, but like, <laughs> it's, I can't, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> um, oh, poor guy. Um, yeah. Cause he comes from like commercial, like triple a world. So, like that's what he thinks about when he thinks about video games. Right. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah and then I, and i can understand like um you know especially like if you're not in the know in terms of like you know doom engine you know stuff it's it it, it does get actually get very absurd sometimes like oh why can't i do this or that and then like i could do this very easily in another engine so, you know and i think one thing that people need to need to understand is that uh you know GG Doom is first and foremost a Doom engine. Like it plays, you know, the original Doom. And original Doom comes with all these, you know, janky limitations and stuff. So and of course someone could just go in and like uh change, you know, like do big fundamental changes to the engine, but then it wouldn't play Doom anymore. You know, the, the original Doom games, you know, it'll be a completely different engine. And by that point, you put in so much work, you might as well just start off with Unity or Unreal or whatever, you know? So Yeah. So, so that's why I keep telling people like if if you depending on the scope if if all you want to make is a you know a simple retro shooter you know and you, you don't mind it being on PC only or you know in recent in recent uh, times uh, Steam Deck you know if you don't care about yeah. consoles uh, Switch just you know you can use GZ Doom but otherwise you know you're, you're better off just looking elsewhere to be honest because <laughs> you'll just be so frustrated about things that you can't do yeah <laughs> I. Uh... I had really got excited there for a minute because I believe was it Alex Max from Night Dive Studios, right? Had yeah. done some work to help bring you know Doom to the Switch and you know consoles when when Bethesda was doing that thing, you know, a couple of years ago during QuakeCon, I believe, is when it was all kind of put out there. And and I had hoped that that would open up the door for conversation. Like, are they gonna like you know? start licensing this stuff or is there, is it going to be progress? Are they going to reach out to the GZ doom team and maybe like do some real business here? Because I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily dislike the way that things have worked you know, thus far where, all right, we got the source code and then we do whatever you want and we don't really hear anything about it and that's fine. But the, if, if for, as a businessman here, you know, if I had the ability to port stellar Valkyrie to the Nintendo switch, I'd you bet your fucking bottom dollar. I would, like holy crap! I would absolutely be. I'd jump out of my seat. <laughs> it's we're talking like quintupling the amount of money you can make off of something, and not that it's all about money. It's about passion, or else I'd you know be doing something else. But I, the more money that Uber can make, and Scumhead can make, and Ben can make, and Chris can make, is uh, like better for me. Yeah, that's better for everyone. So I, I'd kind of hope there would be some progress there. I, I, yeah, and it's not just about the money. It's also about you know, the satisfaction of you know, seeing that thing run on you know PS4 or Switch or whatever, right? So it's it's, it's um. But I think you, you know, can one, reach one more people. Period. With, more people would play our games. That's what I'm trying to say. I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think that um one of the issues about that is um 
there's some licensing shenanigans going on. Like I think, like okay, again, I'm I'm, I'm not a lawyer, so uh, take what I say with a grain of salt. But uh, I believe it has something to do with um. So GZ Doom contains code by like you know like various uh, you know people right over the years, twenty years or whatever. Um, some of these people aren't even alive anymore. So I think like if you wanted to like port to consoles and stuff, like first you need to get permission from all these people. Which is, of course, you know, impossible. Oh, and then, it's not impossible. Kane did it with Warfork, man. When he when he got a hold of Warfork, he I think he successfully tracked down every single person who'd contributed to the that engine over God knows how many years. Yeah, the Q Fusion engine is no small feat in itself. It's just like not as used, I should say, as uh, as what you guys mm-hmm. are doing. But but what about the people who aren't alive anymore? I guess you'd have to talk to their their spouses or their 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 estate, but it's not impossible. Mm, for sure, yeah, you have a point there. Um, yeah, I, I can I can see I can see like something like super large scope like Solaco probably pursuing something like that, or maybe <laughs> just writing to to you know Zenimax or Microsoft Bethesda or whatever, and just like you know, hey hey you know make an a, an, an exception for us, so because you know Solaco is big. Yeah. I, I can see something like that happening for something as as large scale as that. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like a from a okay like look at uh look at well wrath but really graven i would say is more interesting because of the you know the the mappers that they're able to tap into by by being able to take trench broom stuff and put it into unity right like if there were something similar like if you could go um doom builder ultimate doom builder to unity or something like that it would be this huge immediately your market for amazing level designers goes from very small to near infinite right and that's super interesting have there not been like all these um like watt loader uh stuff in the marketplace i i don't follow too closely but uh i mean i'm not sure more of those (laughs) yeah yeah because most of these projects, like they, they kind of come up with like you know their bespoke you know tools and whatever, and understandably you know they don't really you know like put them out there because I I, I either you know it's like for internal usage and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I think there'll be a huge market for this stuff. Like you know just put up watt loaders or whatever in uh, you know Unity Unity or Unreal Marketplace, it's gonna sell like hotcakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it, it would be so amazing, and people would. Like I said, like I'm just thinking of off the like top of my head, I could name like ten incredible level designers who would immediately get jobs, like getting big money paid by a bunch of different studios who mm-hmm. would love to have them on board if if they could work in the engine that you know is preferred uh, for by the studio or by the producer. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Time for another fan question, though. Let's see. Sure. Nave wants to know, do you often get the Nash Bridges reference? Nash Bridges? Um, unfortunately, no. Um, Nash Bridges is not very uh, familiar like locally here, so uh-huh. obviously there's, there's no chance for that there. But even online, um, <laughs> surprisingly, no. <laughs> that show's like weird. 25 Maybe years old now should... or something. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's ancient. Yeah. But uh, you know, this is, this is your op- opportunity to like um to to um do more of those references. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I wasn't a fan of that show. I mean, I was maybe 
four years old when it came out. So I, I missed that totally. I have no <laughs> idea whether it was good or bad or whatever. I I did see the, the Eddie Murphy movie, Pluto Nash, which is why I named our recording session Pluto Nash. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> Gave me a good chuckle there for sure. <laughs> But that movie is terrible, by the way. It's like one of the most like just cringily bad sci-fi movies ever made. It's, it's uh, go watch it. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how did you end up with that name? Like, is that just a like is that a normal name where you live there? Or because Nash it seems like a pretty Western name. Uh, it's it's a nickname given to me by my uh, by my late dad. Uh, it's it's actually not a common name. No. Um, it's yeah. It's just a nickname that uh, my dad gave me when I was you know small and just just stuck. <laughs> I often do wonder a lot actually, like uh, why Nash, but uh, you know I'm not really able to ask him, and uh, my mom doesn't know either. So <laughs> I guess we'll never know. But no, we won't. <laughs> it, it really, it's it's one of those names that like I guess people just associate with tv i mean they're like i didn't see that show but like apparently a lot of people when they hear that name immediately like nash bridges is the first thing that comes up so um having a name associated (laughs) with fame like if your name was leonardo dicaprio i guess like people would be like what (laughs) it helps it's not it's not easily forgotten i guess yeah and uh, uh but um another thing that i get like a lot is like uh you know when i say like um, you know, hey, I'm Nash, and people will be like, "Oh, oh, Nashville," or you know, Kevin Nash, and I do oh, get I that. Oh, I forgot about Kevin Nash. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Big Papa Pump. Yeah. You no, know, that, that was Scott Steiner. What's his name? Uh, Big Sexy Diesel. Kevin Nash. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Oh, now you I just got to get that Big Sexy here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my name's Diesel. Voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Kevin Nash. Mm-hmm. Now we got to get Kevin Nash on the podcast and ask him about the Montreal screw job or something. Like, <laughs> got your work um, cut out for you. Are you, is wrestling big there? It is. It is very big okay. here. Um, so when I was in school, right? Um, this is like in the um, you know mid nineties, whatever. Wrestling was so big here that um, you know kids would just start wrestling at the back of the class. Like literally just start <laughs> just wrestling like with, with you know, so we have like these um i guess tiers of schools here so we've got the uh high higher end schools and then the stuff like, like you know like trash government schools right so i was put in the government school and it was just basically a wasteland there so so you know the teacher would be like at the front there teaching the kids who actually want to you know want to learn and then at the back there the <laughs> There'll be these kids that are just wrestling and, and nobody gives a fuck, you know? It's, it's stupid. Yeah, wrestling is, was, was huge here. Um, you know, uh, um, Triple H, you know, The Rock, X, X-Pac, you know, all this stuff. Yeah, that was the golden <laughs> era. Like, uh, the, that was the WWE's best time is the, the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, the Stone Cold Steve Austin. I guess they call it the Attitude Era now. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I don't really I don't follow WWE anymore, but I'm a huge fan of AEW. Uh, I watch it every week with my grandmother, like every Friday night since I've been back in Alabama. I drive to my grandma's house and we watch wrestling. 
uh, I, I wasn't actually much of a wrestling fan, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I so I I only have like a a surface, you know, like understanding of it. But um, normally, like you know, when when conversations uh, conversations start to go into wrestling, I kind of like just sort of uh, sit it aside <laughs> and just listen. <laughs> Not really much of a fan. <laughs> no, it's it's a weird thing, but I, it's interesting because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if, if, nobody heard, has heard of Pluto Nash. Nobody's heard of uh, Nash Bridges, but you're getting the Kevin Nash reference. I'm like, huh, there must be some semblance of wrestling culture there. And I know that it's like, extre- <laughs> like the WWE is extremely popular, like in weird places that we don't really think about here in the States. So mm-hmm. that's cool, man. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I, can, I can say that as a person who's like not really that much into wrestling, I, I, I watch this stuff because it's funny. I, I, I just find it hilarious. To, like, sweat, you know, sweaty men just, you know, molesting each other. <laughs> it's a it's a serious sport and everyone competing is taking it seriously. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so it's silly. And that's what people <laughs> like about it. There, Like it is so silly. It's it. And you can play around with the uh, with, like, you know, there's not a lot of sports where a guy can like reach in his pants and pull out a, a an invisible fake grenade, and then like the announcers start talking in slow motion as he tosses <laughs> it, you know? and and everyone cheers like the crowd goes fucking wild. Like that's not that doesn't happen in in your other um, sports entertainment uh, things. So exactly. Um, and like I, I know it's fake, and yet I still like you know. Like you know, I, I I know it's fake, but then when I look at it, I'm like, oh my god, like does it not hurt? You know, and then and I just start laughing because I know it's fake. <laughs> it's all acting. And <laughs> uh, there's, I mean, you, there's a lot of it is acting, but like you can't fake a twenty foot drop. Like he, he, there's there's real pain there. Man. Like, <laughs> uh, really look at look at uh, was sure. it Mick Foley? Like look at that guy. <laughs> And uh, tell me wrestling doesn't <laughs> fuck you up really bad because it totally does. But sure, of course. <laughs> but anyway, that's enough of my my wrestling rant. I I got to do that at least once a month. I think it's cool. <laughs> so as a as a game designer, what are what are some of the things going around right now that you find particularly interesting? Like what what's the what's the trend in in your world that you think is uh, worth following? What are some games that you're excited about? Um, I noticed that as that as there's this like a resurgence of like uh the imsim immersive mm-hmm. sim genre, you know. So like I feel like eventually, I mean, real soon we're gonna start seeing like um all right. So there, there's the retro revival, right? Where you know we've got these um, oh God, I hate saying this word, but uh, you know you've got these boomer shooters going on right now, <laughs> you know, retro style, you know, shooters. And I feel like the trend is going to sh- start shifting towards like immersive sims. Stuff like, you know, System Shock and, you know, uh, Ultima Underworld and stuff like that. Uh, even Deus stuff like, you know, like Thief, you know, like Gloomwood, you know, Deus Ex. Yeah. So I feel like we're, we are going to start seeing like a lot of these Imsim um, games, more, more like immersive sim style retro games being made. Uh, I feel like that that's going to be a huge thing, you know, this year and the next. I feel. I'd say our litmus test is Gloomwood. Yeah, exactly. Gloomwood will be the litmus test. I love that shit, man. You know, just you know, picking up stuff, you know, 
rummaging around things in the menus and stuff. It's 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 fun. <laughs> also, core decay because ev- eventually oh, Free yeah, Realms is going to come out with core decay, and I have a lot of faith in Ivar specifically. Like he's mm-hmm. he's just such a he. When you talk to him about it, when you like really get in his head about like what he's what he's planning here, I'm like that that sounds exactly like what i want and uh, now that i think about it, also night dives doing the system shot remake which uh will probably mm-hmm. also be a, a huge like market test like how how well does this go and if that if if those those three projects come out really good a i'm certain that the the indie community will follow suit and like be like, hey there's there's something to do there that's really interesting like, and get a lot of people excited but i also think that businesses will be more likely to invest in that sort of thing if they see a, a positive market a response and uh, i think it i i really think it's gonna get there because even stuff like you know uh death loop you know and ghostwire mm-hmm. like i i feel like it's it's very imsim e you know like yeah. i feel like it is getting there sort of you know but we'll, yeah, like like you said, we'll see how these, uh, you know, core decay and stuff. Like we'll, we'll see how those perform, and yeah, I'm stoked. I think RTS is coming back. Um, oh yeah, RTS, like Command and Conquer style, you know, Warcraft. Yeah, Frozenheim is uh, is a good example of like, it's one of Hyper Strange's games, and I am nuts about Frozenheim. I mean, like it'll glue me to a chair for eight hours for sure. In fact, I think I spent the entire night before I, I was going to fly. Out. Yeah, you should please. The The entire night that I was supposed to fly to Denmark last summer was, I couldn't sleep obviously. So I spent the whole night playing <laughs> frozen home and it's awesome. It's, it's still early access, but I have a lot of faith in it. And I, I'm a sucker for all things like, you know, Vikings and all that kind of shit. So, Mm-hmm. Frozen. Oh, this looks good. And then I, I, I'm kicking myself for missing this. Oh, it's you know you can't possibly catch everything. I just yeah, a lot of the stuff I'm bringing up are things that like I know the people that are working on it, so I'm like I'm particularly interested. But uh, it stares back is also looking really really cool. That's uh, art. Oh yeah, art. Light Studios. I, I don't like Light Art Studios. That's what they're called. Uh, ran by Cleveland who is uh he's also somehow affiliated with dread xp but i don't think that the dread xp is publishing that game as far as i know it stirs back uh, i remember seeing this on a was it an rd last last year wasn't it yeah i think we were, we rolled a trailer for it for sure because i also interviewed cleveland um as part of it he was one of the like many interviews yeah, that yeah, we yeah. Did. the artwork in this game is is, is crazy dude yeah this yeah it's amazing it's it's really fun to play. I, I've gotten through the early access of it, and I can't wait for more content. But it, it's so unique because it's got like subtle RPG elements to it. You know, like imagine in mm-hmm. Command and Conquer, if you're like upgrading your tanks and that kind of thing, but you're, you're doing it in a sort of like RG, RGB analog, uh, analogous way. What am I saying? Mm-hmm. RGB? Oh uh, God! Uh, RPG. <laughs> If, if we're doing it, in our, it's all going to be in red, green, and blue, and uh, you're going to have to plug in your XLR cables to I'm, I'm playing. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I get you. I get you. <laughs> I've been awake for too long, but 
It's <laughs> actually, do you mind if I go get another cup of tea before, before we continue to have word salad coming out of my mouth? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Okay. Please little do. break, little break. Yeah. So, uh, now that I'm back from my break, <laughs> yes. I, I, while I was making the tea, I was waiting for it to, you know, pour the water into the cup and, I went and enjoyed myself a nice outdoor wee. So I just want to let Donkey, if he's listening, know that, yes, it is epic. So there's this <laughs> show, this old British comedy show called, I think, Bruiser. It was a lot of the same people who were on Peep Show, if anyone's ever seen that. But they had this segment in the show called Outdoor Wee. And it's just like, they would just be like two guys walking down the street. And they're like, um, hello and welcome to another episode of Outdoor Wee. And then they they would just conduct an interview about, you know, this person's life while they're both taking like an uncomfortably long piss against a tree or something like that. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I need to check that out. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you a video of it if I remember after this, but <sighs> what a conversation starter. <laughs> I'll that's real freedom. That That's freedom. Let me tell you. Yeah, the stars above you, the wind blowing. Hopefully, not towards you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back back to back to you and your contributions to the world. Um, right. So we're, we're talking about RTS and that, that kind of thing. What are so yeah. you're you're currently experimenting still in like first person shooters and you're working in resident evil kind of stylish, like almost walking sim style of a game. Are there any other genres that you see yourself like maybe trying to jump into at some point during your years long career to, to come? I would definitely want to do a, a JRPG like, uh, you know, like, like classic, you know, JRPG style games and, um, and side scrollers, uh, Metroidvanias. These are the two genres that I, Really, 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 really love, and I would, I definitely see myself using another engine, of course. You know, uh, yeah. doing these these two particular style of games. Yeah. So no, no plans currently. Um, I, I, I do have like um, I have these other engines installed as well. You know, um, I do think uh, you know, I mess around with you know, like a a platformer game, but no solid plans for now. But uh, yeah, it's gonna come out eventually. Well, let's speculate on what your your RPG would be like. Uh, do you do you have any idea about the theming or like what what you'd want to accomplish with it? How how big you might want to go? Because let me tell you, RPGs are really yeah. really really big. Like it's a long process, and Call of Duty Ragnar is a pretty on rails straightforward kind of game, and it's not truly really an mm-hmm. RPG, but. God, RGB. I'm sorry. I have to. Yeah. I have to correct myself here. It's a RGB. <laughs> RGB. <laughs> so, so uh, I, I realize these these how massive of a scope these RGBs can be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little tipsy right now, so but you'll have to forgive me. <laughs> it's okay. I'm yeah, sleep deprived. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> So RGBs, I mean RPGs. Um, yeah, this I, I realize those can be really you know, the scope of those can be crazy. Um, I feel like if I ever do make one of these, you know, JRPGs, it's probably going to be one of those, you know, like uh, really, you know, bite-sized kind of stories. You know, nothing too massive. 
no, you know, no, you know, metaphysical, you know, time travel, you know, God killing shit or whatever. And just, just, you know, simple stuff, you know, but yeah, I don't really have any stories in mind yet. It's more of like a, I'm more interested, I guess, for like from a like engine perspective, you know, like making battle systems and, you know, dialogue systems and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. It, it might end up just being something I just mess around with on the side and I don't actually, you know, like nothing really comes out of it. <laughs> I, uh, I really envision like, you know, eventually working on a massive RPG, not because like, I feel like it's such a beast to tackle. Like it's an accomplishment that I'd like to say I have under my belt. And I really, really love writing. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably my, favorite game related thing to do as far as like contributing to the team other than you know project management like that you're you're a you're part of the dev team but are you really a dev not necessarily but i mean the 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 idea of writing for an rpg uh like a true like branching stories and all that kind of stuff is uh mouth-watering like just i know it would be terrible and i'd probably be pulling my hair out you know come come game time but uh, the the feeling of accomplishment you must have at the end of the day if you've like successfully written such an amazing uh, thing like you know, if you'd written Fallout New Vegas or The Witcher Three you know, even to be on the writing team for something like that would holy shit <laughs> like, ugh. I have massive for um, Fallout New Vegas um, and I agree um, I have so much respect for you know the writing team uh, you know Chris Avalon and uh, you know uh, Joshua Sawyer you know um, yeah, it will be a dream to be able to. I wish I had like even ten percent of the writing skills there. You know, it is good shit. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my little cousin, she she's a teenager now, but she really really wants to be an author one day. And you know, we were talking mm-hmm. today. She's kind of in that like, you know, what am I going to do when I grow up? Like, I don't know how to make money as an author. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm not going to ma- give you any false pretense here and say that like your your novel that you've been working on for ten years is going to sell enough money to justify the work you put into it. Like that, it, it takes a lot of time, a lot of networking, and a lot of you know business sense. I'd say to to get to that yeah. Stephen King level of writing or that J.K. Rowling <laughs> level of writing. But um, yeah. it, it, in conversation though, it did come up to my mind. It was like, there's a lot of writing to be done in the video game industry, kid, like, or in the film industry or in the television industry. Like don't, don't bottle yourself up into like one thing. Like your, your novel can still be your novel, but it doesn't have to be the way that you make all of your money. And that's also true of games. Um, for sure. Exactly. Well, um, I, uh, I think, you know, you, you could start it off with, you know, writing for small games. I, f- I feel like, you know, maybe that'll be a good start for her. Yeah. Um, like I'm just thinking about stellar Valkyrie. Like there, there have been absolutely no major changes to the plot whatsoever since we, you know, initially sat down, made it up and they were like, all right, this is the, the outline is the outline and it's not going anywhere. But a very simple thing right. can dr- dramatically change a-, a scene. Like you could have written, you know, an entire two or three pages of scripting for two voice actors to read, and if you, a simple t- little change can cause you to rewrite that entire thing. Um, and so, what I'm imagining, like on something like The Witcher Three scale, you know, 
how that would play out if mm-hmm. someone's like, oh, we're doing something a little bit different later on or before this or whatever. And like you have to change the entire context of a conversation. I'm like, no, fuck. But but also like, yeah, that sounds <laughs> like real writing going on. That sounds like, you know, I, uh, here are these stories like uh, people who write for like comedy shows, like sitcoms and stuff like that. Uh, I think news radio is one that I've heard a lot about because Joe Rogan talks about it from time to time, but how the, the entire writing staff would, you know, be up until the wee hours of the morning all together, like going over like, okay. And then we do this and then we do that and just getting, basically getting wasted from what the way he describes it, but just, tapping into the the ultimate level of uh team creativity that just sounds so addictive and so um inspiring hell yeah um i i i can definitely say that um writing is definitely not something that uh you know i i am able to like do <laughs> like like um uh, I, I, I would definitely see, I definitely see myself like hiring writers for, you know, like mm-hmm. for serious like you know, stuff in future. So yeah. So anyone who's listening, if you're a writer, maybe you can be friends or something. <laughs> yeah. DMs open. Uh, also follow DMs Nash open. on OnlyFans. <laughs> oh God. <clears throat> so do you, uh, you've talked about this a bit, you were alluding to it, but, you know, hiring uh, mappers and hiring r- potentially writers, um, it seems like you've got music under control, but at some point maybe, you know, you, you're going to end up kind of project managing teams. And like, do you envision yourself one day kind of um, becoming a, like a career project manager or just doing that more? I would love to um, eventually. Mm-hmm. Like I want to, I want to sort of like a, I guess, you know, like slowly step away from the, you know, technical work and focus, focus more on like business and, you know, project management and stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's still, you know, I have so much more to learn and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm slowly learning, you know, and yeah, but I definitely do see myself like just, you know, stepping away from coding or whatever eventually and just sort of be like, uh, like an overall, you know, like a, a game designer, you know, like just oversee stuff. Yeah. With a director amount of work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Director. Yeah. Kind of like you, I guess. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not a director that like, that's not my title. I'm technically like producer project manager. Like that's kind of where it ends. Uh, I guess with in the keep, I can kind of like wear multiple hats and step in and step out kind of how I please because I own it. But you know, what I get paid to do is not to direct things that oftentimes like if combustion, for example, it's like Frederick Strom is the director and I am there to essentially just support his creative view. And I think that's a key difference with, with something like stellar Valkyrie in many ways, I am part of the creative force driving that game. Whereas for, and I'm not saying that I don't try to contribute some creative stuff, but I, it's very important to me that I not as I, you want to be a producer. Do you want to be Bob Rock or do you want to be Rick Rubin? And to me, I'd rather be Rick Rubin. I don't want to be playing bass for Metallica. You know, I want to be helping Metallica make the best album that Metallica can make. <laughs> like that's, that's where yeah, it's yeah. at. Um, not that I wouldn't want to play bass for Metallica. I'm just saying like the producer's role is not to try to be in the band. <laughs> the producer's role is to help yeah, the yeah. band be the best band they can be. help. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, different dynamics, so it's, it's less hands-on stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
But I mean, you may have that opportunity because you're getting in on the ground floor really with Hellforge. I mean, you're coming in early. You've got like two projects that I'm aware of, you know, already kind of being discussed mm-hmm. as something that are going to be published and one of them that already is on the website at least. So, yep. I mean, who knows, man, maybe 20 years from now, you and Bridgeburner are sitting on your yacht. <laughs> That'd be the dream. Yeah. Ar- Arlene's tallying away at your profits and you're all just sipping on martinis. I don't know. <laughs> but do you, I mean, is that, an, is that something that you aspire towards or is it all just really altruistic? Um, not having imagine, a yacht necessarily. Um, <laughs> no, no, definitely not a yacht. Uh, <laughs> uh, of course, sure. Um, eventually, I just uh, see myself. Um, well, you know, you know what? Um, the funny thing is, I don't think I'll be like doing this until I get old. You know, uh, I don't see myself like. <laughs> Grandpa's making video games. but yeah i mean at at a certain point i will get super tired of you know computers and stuff Uh, i do sometimes even now um uh but yeah i really would love to like step away from you know like like you said you know like i don't want to be in the band anymore i just want to help you know the band I I have this real like almost a problematic tendency to like look at people's talents and try to like in my brain figure out how how can they turn that into what they do for a living and it it's not always welcome like for instance there are people like Arlene who are very mm-hmm. very strongly like this is my hobby I like you know to have my job and my hobby separated like and I totally like cognitively understand that but I'm the kind of person in my head where I like I um, if I love doing something, I want to spend as much time as humanly possible doing it. And I really, really hate like going into the office and uh, feeling like it's a waste of my time because I could be elsewhere creating things that I care about. And I've been very lucky to not fall mm-hmm. into that um, now. But yeah, you have so much to, to that you've already contributed. Like I can't imagine how you wouldn't be uh, successful if you you know took that next step into you know turning this into a business. I you just you're one of these great minds around like just in the small community that we you know interact with like like that guy's really you know he's got something he's got something special he's got something going on in his head that's a it's a step above a cut above the rest. So mm-hmm. <laughs> try it, yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I I will. Um, I I, I do. I would I would love to like start you know like my own you know, like 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 you know like a proper you know like game company and stuff mm-hmm. uh, th- that is definitely on the table but it's just like a, you know like I'm I'm so new like I don't really know like how am I gonna get there yet you know uh, you know but hopefully with the, with these games I'm currently making you know I I would be you know like led into opportunities that will help me learn and you know help me reach that goal eventually yeah. so. Ne- Networking is everything, man. And exactly, I can't stress that enough to anybody listening who's like trying to figure out like how to how to be successful. Step one: no, uh, no other people who have similar drive to you, like other people who are driven to work towards similar goals to what you're working for. Uh, high tide raises all ships, in, in my opinion. Like, I'm um, unfortunately, um, 
I do have to admit that uh, at one point, uh, I felt like kind of I, I want I wanted to be like this this you know like lone wolf kind of like oh you know just do my own thing and you know uh, I learned that you know like after like a few years that you know it's not gonna work. <laughs> a lot of developers so, are like that, you know, and it's just the, yeah. So it's, it's one of those uh, Achilles heel kind of things where if. If people don't appreciate the the work that marketers do and can do for them, then they're not they're likely not to be very successful, uh, unless you just yeah. get lucky. Yeah, and, and you know, like it's it's unfortunate because like um some of the uh, developers or games that I look up to um like I probably I, I'm probably only seeing it like from a surface level, but um my perception is. Uh, you know, like talking about people like um, what's this guy's name? Um, the Stardew Valley guy, you know, or oh yeah, yeah, uh, the Death, yeah, or the Death Trash uh guy. I'm I'm sorry, I don't remember the names. Um, so I mean, from my perception is like you know they're mostly working like on their own, you know, like at least at least, at least in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So these kinds of of things like sort of influence me like starting out like oh you know I, I want to make my own game you know I, I I can do this alone you know and then. As years went on, I'm like, uh, oh shit! <laughs> I think I better start. <laughs> I better start networking. <laughs> but yeah, even even Stardew Valley, right? Like it, it didn't uh, market itself. It didn't port itself to consoles. You know, like at some point, he had a conversation with someone who was gonna step in and help him out. And that's cool. Yeah, like, exactly. there's nothing wrong with being a solo dev. There's something wrong with. Um, thinking that you're going to make your game exactly like you want it and just put it out quietly and not say anything. And it's just going to take off. Like mm-hmm. that's to me, a not impossible, but very unrealistic way to approach it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why, uh, you know, um, when bridge burner, uh, approached me, I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, l- l- let's do this. And then, you know, um, and then, you know, I joined, you know, the, uh, realms deep server and, you know, got, you know, spoke to you and stuff uh i feel like it's more productive and like i i feel like this is this this is the direction i should have gone the whole time you know would have would have like uh advanced me like probably two three years um you know like i would i would have made more more progress had i started this thing much earlier in, in terms of networking and stuff yeah uh, yeah it's like it's my my one kind of I don't know what it is, but like given talent is that I, I think I was naturally, I had an aptitude for network building and it wasn't planned. It just kind of happened organically. But um, I, like I said, I'm always thinking about like, you know, if someone's like, I need blah, 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 whatever for this thing that I'm trying to do. And I'm like, Oh, I know about a person who's like exactly what you're looking for. And if I can be any part, you know, just connecting people like realms deep has been such a blessing that that whole thing, but yeah, being able to bring people together to like accomplish their goals and like further themselves and better themselves or, you know, whatever it is like, that's a, for me, like, that's what keeps me going. I love that. I love that feeling of the guy who knows a guy, (laughs) (laughs) the guy who knows a guy. Yeah. But uh, what's his name Uh, from Pulp Fiction? The wolf. I solve problems that like, I want to be like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but uh, see the thing is um like i i f- i am generally a you know like i'm i'm actually a bit uh, kind of a shy person to be honest um so mm. 
like working with people it's 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 a very like um it's not natural it doesn't feel as natural to me so i have to put in like extra effort to like you know to do it so it, so that that is one of the difficulties i i face sometimes like in terms of like you know like collaborations and stuff like yeah cuz like you know like i want to do things a certain way and then you know like i'm not sure how the other person's going to going to you know f- respond to you know me you know so it's 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 an internal thing that i'm constantly you know trying to improve upon so but it's it's got, it's gotten a lot better recently than before cuz before i just want to just do stuff like my own way <laughs> <laughs> which is not healthy at all yeah I don't, I don't think it's necessarily – there's got to be a degree of that. Like you, you do have to have unilateral control over, you know, your your thing that you're making. Like whatever it is, it, 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 we, we see what happens when there is no unilateral control over the creativity of a game. Or like when a, you know, a, a studio pulls out midway through and you got to switch the whole thing to someone else. Like it can, it can cause a lot of rifts. Um, the, the purest and best yeah. games tend to come from a singular creative vision. And that may be with lots of contributions from other people, but you know, I uh, I think that there's always a better product when the person whose idea it was is involved throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And so, there's nothing wrong in my mind with you know you saying like I yeah I, I, I like to do things my way there's is as long as your team is there to support you and they have that mindset and that they're supporting your vision then uh it's not a problem it, it's only a problem if you like you you're like ah, i don't want to do this anymore midway through and then you have like a lot of money invested in it so other people are incentivized to continue and then they lose that site and then the writing uh comes out and it's the person who's now taken over the story has a completely different take on it than what you intended or something like that yeah it's a cascade effect. <laughs> yeah. You sound like uh, there have been experiences like, like uh, you know. I, I wouldn't even, it's, it's never happened to me. Okay. <laughs> but I have, I have seen this happen. I mean, you just pay attention to the games industry period. I mean, it happens all the time where uh, like System Shock 3, right? What the fuck happened to that game? And there's, there's a lot of examples like this. Mm, true, uh, true, true. When when someone uh, just like loses the will midway through what, what was originally their brainchild, like that can be really not good. <laughs> you could even go so far as like not even midway through a game, but like a franchise. Like you could have a completely different take on a franchise because people Fallout New Vegas is a great example. It's like and that was a good example, right? Like where they actually did better. Mm-hmm. In many in many people's estimation, than the the, the team that usually uh, would work on those titles, um, it's not yeah. always bad. You know, it's good to have like different people take a stab at stuff and see where they can go with it. But uh, there's a there's a big difference between Fatal Frame and Fatal Frame Five. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, or res- the, the difference between the first Resident Evil and Resident Evil eight or nine or whatever the fuck no, seven like, and eight yeah, yeah it's completely completely first person and stuff <laughs> and i have no issue like it's it's cool that we're seeing a different take on it but um the the purity of what is originally there you know changes and i, I we could have the mm. 
the same argument about doom too. Like <laughs> it, it just changes over time. Mm. Different people get their hands on something and they yeah. do different things with it. So you don't want that to happen midway through a game. Like ideally. Yeah. That would uh, like, yeah, that would be a complete disaster. Um, I, I, I do have to say like, uh, it's, it's, it is kind of, I don't, I don't even can begin to understand like how someone would just like midway through just, you know, decide to like, Oh, you know, fuck this, you know, how, how could you do that? Like to like something you're so passionate about. (laughs) Okay. So you formed your Nash game studios, right? And you guys are, uh, you accept a contract from a, you know, a bigger company that's like, Hey, would you like to make the next insert game franchise here? Right. And you're like, hell right. yeah, that sounds amazing. What's the, you know, what were we talking about money wise? And they're like, they show it to you and it looks good. And you're like, all right, we're going to do it. You know, it's going to make us a lot of money and we can take that money and put it towards our work, working on the game that we want to make. Okay, cool. It's a good business decision. <laughs> and then uh, mm-hmm. they don't own up to their end of the deal. And it ends up in like development hell for like, you know, the better part of a couple of years or something like that. And, and then everybody's not getting paid and then you're just like fuck this shit you pull out you don't do it <laughs> like why would you um uh, and it, right, this right happens right. all the time yeah happens all the time mm, yeah like, not with the the good studios who treat people well but it definitely happens and uh imagine working on like something like cyberpunk man yeah imagine oh yeah dude that that is that is wild uh yeah yeah I mean, do you stay because you're like, oh, I want to see it through, or do you do you walk away because it's like I don't want to work 14 hours a day and never see my children and not get paid enough for it? Like, fuck that, no. Um, and then you end up with a subpar mm. product. And it, End of story. And it's sad that um these things aren't even like in your control. Like, it's not like you could know these things in advance. You know, like it's kind of a gamble when I think about it. Uh huh. I feel like these things could happen to like unknowingly especially for like inexperienced like you know like d- uh, new devs like me you know like like let's say i, I get a publishing deal and stuff and you know, like, oh you know like looks good and then at first it's okay and then you know, like a few years later it, all these things start happening and there's there's no way for me to like know this like two three years in advance you know mm-hmm. so it's, it's kind of yeah. scary when i think about it like you know imagine you're like i don't know a couple million deep and multiple years into a game. And then like your, your lead creative person just dies. Like, how could you replace that? (laughs) (laughs) I I get mad at dangerous Dave, man. Cause like he, you know, I I need him to be the best programmer in the world. And uh, he rides his motorcycle around and like, I'm never going to tell him, you know, don't do that. It's not my place, but I worry, you know, if he's like, I'll be there in an hour. And then he, te- I don't hear a text from him. I'm like, God damn it. Did he wreck his motorcycle? Is he dead? I'm like, my life is going to change. <laughs> I'm not even worried about his safety. I'm just worried about how it's going to affect me. <laughs> I'm kidding. But <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is, that is exactly the, the, uh, what, what I, what I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But when it works, Hey, it works. And, um, yeah. Whew. Do you? Do think we have any more um, questions, like from the fans, Patreon, or whatever? I yeah. I can look through. I don't think there were any more um, specifically about you. Donkey wanted to hear more about the GZ Doom okay. GPL. Um, 
he said it was like this important work, but he didn't have any questions. He's just like, I'd just like to hear more about it. And I don't know. Is that a, is that something you can dive into? Uh, there's not much into it actually. It's just, uh, basically all it was, it was, um, just removing, you know, like copyright infringing code and stuff like from the sound system, uh, F mod, you know, it's a commercial sound system. So we, we got the, uh, got it out and replaced it with, uh, open AL, Mm-hmm. Uh, remove the build engine code that was in there. That's about it, basically. <laughs> Not much oh. else to it. Well, then there you have it, Donkey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I I do think about how dramatically you're saying, like, oh, that was like really not a big deal. It was like, but it just dramatically changed a lot of people's lives, man. And that, that's kind of where we started the conversation. So I guess we can close it with that too. But uh, the work that you and that team have <laughs> yeah. done have just you know, really, really touched a lot of folks. I am happy. <laughs> That's it. Um, I guess uh, where I want to kind of like leave it off is to say like, well, I guess to ask at, at this point, like you've already, you spent 20 years and you've contributed so much to everything that you've done so far. Right. Um, and do yeah. you feel like you can hang your hat on that? Or do you feel like your career will not be accomplished without, the everything that we've discussed about like potentially going into business about it and all that and seeing some of these ideas you have through uh, i you know i feel like um for me uh, this is probably like just just being really naive but um i would be content to like quit <laughs> i will not quit but then like sort of just slow down uh just by putting out like you know my my first two games like you know like these uh dark Ada and disdain you know like um yeah, of course I want to. I want to take things, you know, like bigger. But I think it's going to be like a, a huge gap. Like, like after after I put I, I ship my first two complete games, I kind of want to like uh, take a really really long like uh, I want to really think about how I want to move next. You know? Yeah. Uh, I definitely want to do more games. Uh, but. Um, you know, like, yeah. Um, like I said, I, I, I'll be doing this like for at least another another ten years, and uh, there's a lot that can happen in ten years. <laughs> well, I guess the only proper thing to do is like let's wait until you get Darkadia and Daryl. Uh, sorry, God damn it, disdain out, <laughs> disdain, and yep, yeah, and then check back in and like see how you feel then because i feel like uh once you've got that behind yeah. you you'll be able to like see the road a little more clearly or like it, it, like you said take a step back and decide you know what's what's next for me because mm. who knows you know like by, by that time i'd be like oh man i don't want to do this anymore i just i want to be a, a i just want to be a you know a model and only fans instead you know who knows <laughs> or a dad or, or or whatever like there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of reasons why people want to walk away so um, thank you mm, for yeah. everything that you've done and for being an excellent guest and patient with me. Uh, no, cause it's, it's kind of late here. It's like 1130 and running on fumes. Uh, you're welcome. And thank you for, uh, you know, like uh, staying up and doing this with me. Uh, time zones can be a bitch. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we made it work somehow. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I said, let's do it again, brother. Yes. Hopefully and, with uh, uh, more games, uh, more games to talk about. Where can people find you? Right. So you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Nash Mohandas. 
on YouTube as well, Nash Mohandas. Uh, basically, a- a- anywhere there is social media, the handle will, all- will always be Nash Mohandas. It's the same everywhere. So, yeah. Come on so, in. Uh, Check out my stuff. <laughs> I'll link to your Twitter and, uh, I guess, hellforcestudios.com where Darkadia is. And if you have anything else, just uh, send it to me after this. But uh, I'll, I'll try to make sure it's there for people to click on in the in the article and in the cube.com too. So, thanks, man. Sure. Mwah. Thank you very much for listening, and thank you to Nash for being such an awesome guest. I'm, uh, I'm honored to have gotten to spend this time with him and uh, pick his brain. It's a 20-year fucking veteran of programming for fucking Doom, dude. Who knew? Holy cow. I didn't even know that. I had no idea before we jived into this, and that's one of the things that I really value about the podcast in general is that I get the opportunity to learn about people and how they get to the places they are they're not just the shrouded mystery once it's done and i'm happy to try to share that with you guys um so yeah for real thanks for listening if you're if you're all the way at this part and you're listening to me ramble at the end gotcha um <laughs> but make sure you're following nash on twitter or wherever and uh you can keep up with keep up with darkadia uh you can find more information about it over at hellforgestudios.com and uh, we'll wait for more news on Disdain. Hopefully next time I have Nash on, we'll, uh, we'll catch up on it and see where he's at. The music that you're hearing right now is actually from the soundtrack to Disdain. So uh, that's promising, right? At least the soundtrack's dope. Just a subtle reminder here at the end that you can go play the Call of Seregnar demo right now. It is on Steam and itch.io. Hit that wishlist button. Let us know how you feel about it. If you're a content creator, let us know if you're going to make content about it. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll show up for it. Uh, streams and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, that's that's the call to action for this week. Make sure you're getting in on the call of Seregnar while, while it's hot. Because yeah, that demo is a small little snippet of what's to come. So much more planned. And I can't wait to share it with you all. But for now, um, I love you. The Drowned God Cathal loves you. Till next time, stay in the keep. <laughs>